welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today, we're taking some time to talk about how childhood memories can be this meaningful part of our prayer time. I don't know that I've experienced a lot of this in my adult life, but about 18 months ago now, I joined this meditation group and it meets weekly for 45 minutes. We kind of take turns leading. And so every now and again, somebody brings this prayer prompt to think back to something from our childhood. And I've started to notice that every time that happens, there's all this generation that happens. Like people start talking after the fact about a memory came up and it was so meaningful, or I noticed something about myself that was already forming at that time, or I forgot about this thing that's so meaningful. And it's just so unusual for an entire group of people to like everybody say, this was so meaningful for me. And so it's caused me to become a little bit more curious, like maybe I should incorporate more of this into my prayer life. Maybe this should be something I try on every now and again more regularly. So as we begin today, I would love to hear your stories. Have you found that childhood memories have a similar effect on you or what have been your experiences? One thing that immediately comes to mind for me as you bring this up is this idea of doing a spiritual timeline. And I've had a few opportunities in retreat settings to do that. And it's always so informative to look back to, and even like childhood is this wide swath of what are the exact ages? Is it pre-adolescent, whatever, but even within childhood, there's often these themes or from ages seven to nine, I lived in this particular home or these particular events happened. And so I have found that to be really rich and helpful to look back on childhood and to really realize the formation and things that are just so deep that are my native spiritual tongue, if you will, that was instilled to me as a child. So I have found that to be a very helpful, rich practice. Yes, I too have really enjoyed exercises such as timeline. And I found a lot of my childhood memories resurfacing when I find myself winding down for bed. I'm sitting in my bed and I'm thinking about my day. I'm thinking about an experience that might have happened with my kids, or I'm thinking about maybe an emotional interaction that I've had. And I'm reading this book right now, and it's talking about some of the emotional things that we maybe gravitate to that we learn during childhood. And I was thinking about, for instance, emotional spending. Whenever we have this lack in our life, and if we go out and spend something, maybe this will fill the void or whatever it is that we feel like we're lacking. And I was thinking back to, I wonder when that first started and this clear memory of being able to go to the convenience store and get a a slushy came to mind. I can't even recall the exact distressing thing in my life at the time, but I think it had to do with a relationship that I had. There was a sense of strain in a very personal relationship that I had. And I was able to go to the store and buy a slushy. And that was like, that was a memory. Um, I just had the opportunity to invite God into, well, how does that play out in my life now? So I think it's emerging of 
your present life, your past life, and how you want to move forward. So that's how it's come up for me in life. I love that story. And Christina, your word formation, I think is such a good one. It reminds me when I was, I don't know, maybe first grade, second grade, I really got into coloring in rainbow. Like there's a coloring sheet, you do red and do all the outline. And then I would go and I would do orange and yellow and keep going until it got farther and farther into the page. And it took a long time. It was tedious, which is strange for a child to stay focused. I've watched my kids now and wondered, how did I do this? But we've even talked on the podcast about color being such an important thing to me. And for some people, that's a little bit unusual. But if I went to have had that memory, which is due to one of these prompts, I think I would have thought that color became important in my adult life, that maybe somebody told me about color and that's what prompted me. It wouldn't have occurred to me that this has always been a great joy in my life. There's something there that speaks to me and it's always been there. But really, I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have had the chance to reflect, I wouldn't have realized that. I think that's an important noting that sometimes there's these things deep in us and we get to amplify what's already there when we revisit it and recall it and bring it back to mind. And how does that take shape now as an adult? And I think that can be in sort of these generative things that you're talking about, like color. What also comes to mind to me is our opportunity to quote unquote, rewrite our past And so I find it fascinating in my own life. And as I listen to others, as we revisit memories of our past, we now have a different perspective. We have an adult perspective on what happened to us as a child. And so the way in which we can tell the story or interact with it has this outside of time aspect to it that we get to look into that memory of time. And so I find that helps me to rewrite what I would have considered this was my emotion. This is how I would have described this event as a child, as a teen, even as a young adult, and now in a midlife adult years, and probably 10 years from now, I'll have a different perspective too. Just the ability to rewrite that and to see aspects of it or redemption in it that maybe I would have lost earlier in my life. Yeah. I really appreciate what both of you guys are naming and saying. Something that's come up for me, as you you were talking, Christina Kaiser, about memories, you not knowing about color being important in your childhood until you went back to that. And I was thinking of the Enneagram. I think the Enneagram is a useful tool that a lot of people talk about. And I happened to land as a seven most of the time and on the Enneagram. And I was thinking back, uh, Enneagram seven, they're like adventure is like a big thing for them off to the next thing. And I remember as a child having these books of all the different countries of the world. And they came in like these box box sets. So Europe was in one set and Africa was in, in one set, North America. And these little booklets had stickers that you would sort of place on the different pages and it would tell you about the different regions. And I hadn't thought about that memory of having those books for a long time. But when I was in Austria, Christine and I got to spend our one-year anniversary in Austria. And I remember I had memories that went back to those books. And I remember doing Austria in the mountains and the Romantischstrasse. And it brought up in me this thing of, I, I loved adventure ever since I was a kid. And that's been a very important 
aspect of my life is the sense of something new, of going on to something. And it's funny that, is it nurture or nature? Thinking back to my childhood, was this this something where God was present to me in those stickers, knowing my personality, and therefore it would play such an important part of my, in my life in the future. And so that's one thing that comes up for me as we talk about childhood memories and and what God has put in us and instilled in us. Did it start how it started way back when, or is it just a continuation? It brings up a lot of questions for me as we think about childhood memories. That's a great story. And even as you're talking, I'm remembering you once telling a story here on the podcast when we were doing thin spaces about going out into the woods and finding places to be. And there's just these things that are innate in us. And even recently, we did this art meditation. So you can actually find it on our YouTube channel under guided meditations. But we did this thing where you could do a childhood memory and then you could draw it or take out Play-Doh if you wanted to, if if there's still Play-Doh in your house. But I drew this swing set, the swinging. And then it's funny, I was looking for why is this coming up in this moment? And I think there's a lot that comes up for me in swinging now as an adult because it doesn't have the same feel anymore. Like it was really wonderful as a kid, this feeling of flying through the air. And now it like gives me these weird feelings in my stomach and whatever. But I was reflecting on it the next day further. Like why is swinging coming up? And I think I just realized it, it represents this level of play for me. Sometimes we talk about being having childlike faith or being lifelong learners or looking at the world with awe and wonder. And again, middle age, right? You're raising the kids and you're going to work and I'm doing some classes. And so if I don't have enough, like my body's clearly craving that fun and leisure and that feeling of being free and sweeping through. But it took me more than 24 hours even to really come to terms with like, why was this the thing that came up for me this day? Yeah, that's very interesting. You have to really sit. You have to pay attention to what's going on. Why are things coming up? And what does it mean for our current seasons? And I've been doing that a lot recently. What is coming up now? And are there themes? Have there been past seasons in my life where maybe this same issue has been coming up and I just get to go deeper with it. And I think that's what a lot of life is. Whenever I think about childhood memories, I think it's mostly about where did I feel God present to me in my childhood? Because I absolutely think that he was present to me. But I think as adults, we get to know it in deeper ways, right? Looking back on a childhood memory and have this event that you're looking at And you see the divine with you in that experience, and you have a sense of him being with you now in such a close way that really makes you feel held. And that's something that I think is super important in our practice at looking at these childhood memories. Like, where is is the divine for us now? But also, what are we building off of? Our past has purpose and meaning to it. Like it's not aimless. It has a sense of purposefulness to it. And in our present, I think it's super important to feel that purpose as we think about our childhood memories. 
And I think using the analogy of taking spiritual inventory or spiritual stock, like if you have a big chest of of memoirs and things like that, I think there's some things that you go back to and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this. It's lovely. And it's a photo frame that you want to display and to look at. And then other things where you realize I can totally get rid of this. This is long past the due date, et cetera. And so I have found again for me and others that I've had the joy of sitting with as we've reflected on childhood memories. Often there's this mixture that comes up and the opportunity to say, yes, I want this and I want this amplified, or I get to rewrite this part and see this now from a different perspective, or I just get to totally eliminate this. I've outgrown these thoughts, these ideals, these experiences, and that's okay too. I get to do that. Yeah. I'm so glad that you're talking about that because I can feel in my own life too. Like there's a lot of negative stuff. We've talked a lot about positive stuff right here, but in part, some of the value of this for me is redeeming a different narrative for childhood because we do have a narrative. We do kind of set the tone and I don't want to put it on anybody else. It's, oh, everybody does this. But for me, for sure, there are certain narratives that have gone on for a long time that are just really negative. And this has given me an opportunity to rewrite that and say, yeah, childhood was not all bad. There was this preciousness. There was this joy. There was glimmer and hope. And Chris, you used the word being held. And I feel like that is such an important thing to be like, where was I held even spiritually at an early age? Just so important. Yeah. I like what you brought up, like taking inventory yeah, I think the image that comes to mind is I had a friend, they were going through an attic and they found a box full of baby teeth. And why do I need a box full of baby teeth right now in my life? That is something that I can discard. And spiritually, what box of baby teeth do we have that somehow we thought we were going to need that going forward? And we can shed some things. So I love that I'm cracking the two of you up with the story, but that's what comes to mind. It's too close. It's too close to home because I am actively saving my children's baby teeth. (laughs) And I don't know if they want this or need this or what the importance of it could possibly be. So (laughs) it's just hitting very close to home. (laughs) Well, thank you to both of you for taking some time to dive into this. Hopefully it elicits some curiosity and wonder for all of us going forward. And we'll have fun with our childhood stories. And now is the time when we take a moment to talk about what we are into. So I'd love to hear, what are you guys into? I am into an appreciation of indoor water parks. And usually around this time of year, I begin to appreciate that we live about 45 minutes from lots of different fun indoor water parks. And by the time this podcast airs, we will have visited one of those water parks for our son's birthday. So I am into indoor water parks and all the slides and the funness that it offers. Nice. I am also looking forward to indoor water parks. But to differentiate a little, I am into an app that Korg makes for iPads. It is a Korg analog sequencer. And it has so many fun sounds and it's compact. You can take your iPad with you anywhere and you could just be creative and create sounds on the fly. So I have been into this sequencer and it's kind of a fun experiment as well because I could just set this drum pattern and just watch people as they, they feel the music and then they're like, oh, I'm bopping my head to it. 
And then now I don't want to bop my head. Now it's annoying me. Can you turn that thing off? So it's a fun people experiment too. That sounds amazingly high tech, but also very fun. And I think the thing that I am into is less high tech than that, but it is tech. I recently learned that you can schedule an email in Gmail and I bet you the whole world already knew this, but I somehow had this value on sending the email in the moment myself or something. And I realized recently I really wanted to send this like kind of a blessing email to somebody, but I wanted them to get it right away in the morning. And there was no way I could have my life together to do that. And I, we figured it out. We figured out that it is actually very easy to schedule. So I am into scheduling blessings because you can. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for being with us today. We'll look forward to being with you again soon. Bye, everybody. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week. Thank you.